0: Yes, I have the coin, and the power, and there's nothing you can do to stop me. So Rita has finally chosen someone to give it to. Right, Zordon. I am her Green Ranger, and she is my queen. Tommy, she has you under an evil spell. Let me help. I can save you. Worry about saving yourself, old man. No, you must not do this. Alpha, Alpha Five, wake up. Alpha, you must warn the other Power Rangers. Tommy, stop don't know what you're doing. No, I'm losing power. Losing my orientation. Losing contact with your dimension. Tommy, no! <laughs> it is done, my empress. Zordon has been eliminated. And the Power Rangers are next.
1: <laughs> First, never use your power for personal gain. Second, Never escalate a battle unless Rita forces you to. And finally, keep your identity secret. No one may know you're a spoiler man. <laughs>
2: this is spoiler. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. shit, ya.
1: <laughs> man, we practiced that so many times. Did that go well? Is that, is that what we wanted? Oh thought that was great.
2: Cut. Take 25. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Welcome to... Power Rangers. Spoilers. It's me, host Josh from Goshen. I'm here with a pretty small crew. Let's just go from Westeros to Eastest. Kylo, tell us where you're from and tell me a little bit about the physical media of Power Rangers that you recall.
2: Hello, this is Corey, Kylo Ren memes, recording out of Simi Valley, California. You can also call me the Green Ranger. Ha, that one's taken guys. Sorry, I got dibs. (laughs) You know, that's one of the things I remember fondly about Power Rangers. You know, this came out, Josh, when I was I think I was seven years old when Power Rangers kicked off and it fucking it was everything to a kid, right? Power Rangers was absolutely everything. It there was nothing ever this epic in my childhood mind as Power Rangers. Even up the score. So when we would play Power Rangers with kids, no. it would be like, you know, a group of fucking 15 kids all fighting over who gets to be the red ranger, who gets to be the blue ranger. There'd be some random girl and she'd be the pink ranger, you know, but like the rest of it was boys, like just trying to figure out who gets to be who. And then there'd always be like some nerdy kid and be like, he's alpha. And everyone would laugh at him, you know,
1: (laughs) jeez.
2: (laughs) Power Rangers. I I got so much to say about Power Rangers. I'm a long time Power Rangers fan, my friend. Uh, A lot of memories with Power Rangers. It was everything to me, like I said. Uh, But there was a VHS tape that I owned of Power Rangers that wasn't of the show, Josh. It was called the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Karate Club. And this is a VHS tape that you watch at home, of course, and it teaches you karate in 26 minutes, my friend. It's Jason David Frank himself, the late and great Jason David Frank, my childhood hero, a man that I am very sad is now gone, has moved on, is no longer alive. But he had a VHS tape where he would teach you martial arts, including the Green Ranger Kata and still buried in the recesses of my mind. Just in case an emergency, in case anyone ever tries to run up on me, I still have the Green Ranger Kata. And you're gonna push him by, shoom too, just like this. This is how it works, I say, Kai, come here. This is how it works, okay? From a, from a push, you're gonna push and windmill block. One knee, boom! Open the door, woo! Goodbye, just like that, okay? Try it one more time. Here we go, ready? Windmill and one, two, weah! Just like that, okay? Nice and easy. There's just self-defense techniques you can you can practice at home. Okay, here we go, ready? Feet together.
0: And here we go. You're gonna step with your left leg, windmill <laughs>
1: block. Woo. When you were here in in Goshen, Indiana, hanging out with us, that's why no one was messing with you.
2: They knew. Yeah, one look in these eyes. My eyes glue green, and people <laughs> ran away like bulk and skull.
1: That guy at the Love's gas station that was staring you down, he knew you had the Green Ranger power inside of you, and that's why he didn't fuck with you. You got stared down at the Love's gas station? Yeah, this dude knew he was from out of town. <laughs> let's not let's say zap
3: zap him with your power coin (laughs)
1: let's save that for that story for a later (laughs) date but (laughs) brother jordan it's nice to have you on the pod whenever you can make it of course we grew up together you liked power rangers first and you're quite a bit younger than me so i remember thinking at first this is kind of for babies but (laughs) i think by the time episode 17 rolled around uh maybe i was on board what are your earliest memories
3: of Power Rangers? You're pretty little. I was shocked at how uh, young I would have been uh, during this time, and so honestly, most of my memories are very vague. Um, I have more more clear memories of the what movie was it where they um, like the whole town gets like lulled into some weird spell?
2: Oh, that's the 1995 classic Mighty Morphin Power Rangers: The Movie.
3: Fuck yeah. and they have to like go into the rainforest and like find themselves it's it's a bit young gunsy almost um oh, you dude, might that,
2: that woman that <laughs> scantily clad woman
3: yes um but yes i i mean cory claimed green ranger i think i need to claim zordon as my uh <laughs> as my zordon. character i know josh has actually called me that through periods of our lives but no i was i was looking back at the uh the episode listing and i'm just thinking about how awesome of a birthday week this would have been for me in 1993 because it would would have been five nope six episodes in a row right after my birthday introducing the green ranger who as Corey said is obviously the best one um at what a banger of a week my first memories of the
1: retail store meyer when they first put one in <laughs> up here, in Northern Indiana, me and mom went to it and it was so bright in there. And we got you a power Rangers. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was green or red Ranger. And you were so pumped. I was so jealous. It was so cool. I
3: feel like this is one of the rare instances where something I liked as a kid rubbed off on you. It's just interesting. Uh, interesting backstory.
1: It took a long time because I was really like, if I didn't discover it, this shit is for babies.
3: (laughs) But um,
1: I I also remember making fun of it because each episode had kind of like a formula that it would follow. And maybe we can get into the episodes and what we're doing here today on spoilers. Corey, you shot this idea over to me that we should um, cover the, the quote green Ranger saga. Um, Can you explain what that means? And, Give a little bit of overview of what we're doing with this review?
2: Yeah. So uh, the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers series is three seasons, right? All the other Power Rangers runs are only one season, but the longest one was the first one. And I think this was the first big arc of the original power rangers series
1: three seasons and let's clarify they all had like 50 or 60 episodes each these aren't like 12 <laughs> episode seasons six episode seasons
2: yeah i think I mean, and i
3: think the other ones aren't true canon these three seasons are i, I don't know what the star wars equivalent is anymore but they're the the one true canon in my these mind.
2: these
1: are the sacred texts <laughs>
2: It's funny that you say that because the movie is actually not canon. The movie does not fit into the show anywhere. What? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I really liked the movie a lot as a kid, but it was weird when you were a kid, if you were watching the show and then you went and saw the movie and then you went back to the show, like the show and the movie had nothing to do with each other. Everything that happens in the movie is nowhere to be found in the show. They get the similar zords and the similar costumes through a completely different means on the show. So it's very weird. So the so movie's not canon, dream. actually. It's funny you say I, that. I mean... All the show it, stuff is...
3: Is So it really is like they <laughs> they did the Young Guns thing, and uh, what is it that they drink in the desert?
2: Peyote? They drink the peyote?
3: The peyote, yeah. So they drank the peyote and just made up the whole backstory of the movie? Yeah. That's what I'll keep in my brain. <laughs>
1: In memoriam of Jason David Frank, I think we're going to skip. We're not going to do like a whole season of, of Power Rangers 52 episodes, but we are going to focus on five episodes. It's when the Green Ranger was introduced to the gang. The episodes are actually called Green with Evil, episodes one through five or parts one through five. And let's just get right into part one, episode 17 of the original series of Power Rangers. Corey. You know about karate. This whole thing starts with the karate competition. Who are our players and what happens?
3: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Angel Grove Martial Arts Expo. Let's hear it for that awesome display of martial arts.
2: Yeah, I mean, I know a lot about karate because, again, I was in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Karate Club. Which anyone could join for 1995. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's a weird society, Angel Grove. There's one hot spot in town and all of the major players hang out there whenever they can. It's Ernie's Gym and Juice Bar. You know, they serve non-alcoholic beverages here. You know, young adults and teens hang out here. All the cool kids hang out here. Even Bulk and Skull hang out here. But this is a place where they also happen to have full contact karate tournaments with no pads. And <laughs> and so of the group of the Power Rangers up to this point, I think there's been like something about 16 episodes of Power Rangers. The one true karate expert, the one that's like really the best of the group, the leader of the Power Rangers is the Red Ranger. So that's that's Jason. And he's competing and there's a kind of like a new guy in town who's like equally as badass and they fight to a draw and that's Tommy and this is the first introduction of Tommy he's just like kind of the new kid in town he seems like a good dude he's a karate expert and you know him and, him and Jason they fight to a draw
3: Judge's call
2: one point match ends in a draw no winner follow me follow each other good match man Get me going Yeah, same here.
1: See you around. Jordan, do you remember
3: any of the details sticking out to you of this fight? I mean, it seems like Jason gets a lot of late points, a late surge from Jason to tie it up, but also that the ref is very involved. Seems like he's kind of getting in the way. I didn't come in with this plan,
1: boys, but is this initial fight almost like a microcosm, well-written version of what happens throughout this whole five-part series? You could argue uh, Jason Jason gets under Tommy's thumb at first and then gets some late blows in and then they kind of ended up teaming up because Kylo before they leave, it's kind of made known like this Tommy guy, even though he's good and was like fighting Jason well, he's not an asshole. They shake hands at the end, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a good dude uh, underneath it all. And it's really like Rita's hypnotism that. Mm. Is the reason he is bad at all? I mean, this dude is, he's with Power Rangers like mainstay. I think he's like one of the longest running, returning original cast members. And he's pretty much, I think, universally so the fan favorite, maybe debatably. But Jason David Frank was, I know, like my young childhood hero and inspiration in a big way. And I, I knew that was the case for like a lot of nineties kids.
1: A different series. There'd be more of a rivalry between Jason and Tommy Jordan. Did it strike you at all that? There's like an immediate love interest with Kimberly and Tommy and Jason.
3: Isn't like jealous of that at all? Or yeah, um, that th- that totally threw me off. Because and again, in my my headcanon from being three years old at the time, I thought that Jason and Kimberly were a thing. Um and didn't remember a lot of the details around the introduction of the Green Ranger. But yeah, I mean, Corey's totally right. Like, he, it seems like they're about to like bring him into the group initially as well until he starts acting like a jerk because of Rita's spell. Seems like Rita's spell is
1: the best thing that could have happened to him. I mean, he's not getting that power coin any other way, right? She has a power <laughs> coin, Corey. What's up with that? Can you just describe <laughs> the power coins and why there's one loose?
2: <laughs> Man, uh, yeah, it's. Something that's not fully explained in Power Rangers lore, and that's, <laughs> here we have some problems, right, with Power Rangers itself, because there's a lot of things that aren't fully explained in Power Rangers lore, or they're explained in such like a wishy-washy way where it's like, uh, okay, I guess. But essentially, the Power Rangers, in this iteration, they have a coin that goes to each of them that grants them their power, and it allows them access to the command center which allows them to do that teleporting ability. It also allows them to morph and control the zords. It's connected to something called the Morphin Grid, which I'm pretty <laughs> sure is never explained. <laughs> but, you know, they it's kind of a weird thing with Power Rangers because I'm sure you guys know this, but Power Rangers was a Japanese show that was taken... And then they dubbed over a lot of the action scenes, like the robot stuff, the in-costume stuff, and it was all done to save money. So they took what was already an existing Japanese show, and they just reshot the uh, non-costume sequences with American actors to save money. You guys know this, right? Yeah. Vaguely, yeah. So, it's weird that they have to make, like, these plot things work, right? So, you might see, like, a character show up, like Scorpina down the road, who has a little bit of involvement because they need, like, the action scenes to show her because she's just there. But then when it goes back to the uh, story that they're presenting in English, it like, she has very little involvement. So, you know, it's just one of those things that it's a plot contrivance. There's a sixth power coin, apparently, though, and Rita has it. I guess her idea is she's been waiting for the right person to show up that she can give it to cast under a spell. And then that can be like the adversary to the Power Rangers. Like they can fight someone that's like on their level.
3: I loved this. First off, there's some mention of like a prophecy, I think, by Rita and and maybe from Zordon as well. But like they knew this was going to happen eventually. Uh, Again, uh, mostly unexplained, but a reference to a prophecy. But I do love how Rita's like, oh, of course, the person I should give all this power to is also another teenager to fight them at their own game. With attitude. Yes.
2: (laughs) In the first episode, I believe Zordon's exact words are alpha. Find five overbearing and over-emotional humans. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah, those power coins are wild. There is mentioned that Rita and Zordon had battles thousands of years ago, so I like to think the power coins are kind of like the rings in Lord of the Rings, and Zordon like whipped her ass, so he had five of them, and she only got away with one. <laughs> and here thousands of years later, he ends up confiscating this one too l- later, but we'll get to that. Meanwhile, though, Tommy is like the chosen one, right? Mm. But Rita has to make sure she puts him through one of the most arduous tests a human could
3: ever go through (laughs) what is that test well he's just you know walking down an empty alleyway wearing his (laughs) green plaid and all of a sudden uh, the putties attack I think there's four or five of them Um, (laughs) (laughs) that was one of the blasts from the past I could not get over how funny that noise is (laughs) totally forgot about it but yeah, they start making their weird uh goose calls or whatever we want to call them, putty <laughs> noises. Um, he gets beat up a little bit but eventually recovers. And actually Josh, I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, you know, Tommy's frisbee form. The the last putty he actually takes out with a garbage can lid like throwing it as a frisbee and I thought you might have some some tips for him as far as like his, you know, his forehand.
1: Yeah, I mean he hits the mark
3: so you don't want to change his form if he's got something going
1: you know Fair. Yeah.
2: you know what though putties are iconic because when you were a kid every disposable henchman bad guy is a putty right <laughs> at least that was the case for me like even when playing with toys you'd be like okay so this is my main hero this is the main bad guy and these are the putties right it's just that like a a universal term for disposable henchmen.
3: I, I like that a lot more than like the the red capes or whatever that people use red shirts. When when people say like red shirts, I would much rather it be putties as like a universal phrase. <laughs> oh
2: yeah. See you later. You were talking about the test that uh, Tommy has to take with fighting the putties, though, Josh. Yeah. This is pretty early on in Power Rangers. And I think at this point, like, to fight that many putties by yourself, unpowered, was still, like, a pretty remarkable feat. Like, I don't think any of the Power Rangers had been able to do that without morphing at this point. So, like, that's why it's a big deal. Like, the stakes kind of escalate a bit. In Power Rangers, as the series goes on and as the seasons go on, so like at this point, that was pretty fucking badass.
1: Okay, but if he can do it, Jason can do it. Um, let's just say that. Okay, can we agree to that?
2: It hasn't happened yet in the series, but Jason does get They're there.
1: Eventually. Equal, they tied four to four, and the <laughs> scoreboard had both of their first names on it. They took the time to take away the home and visitor sign and actually put Jason and Tommy up on the lit scoreboard in the gymnasium, which I loved. But there's a lot more details we could probably get into. We got to move on with these episodes. Rita takes over Tommy after he passes this test. There's actually these weird Frankenstein visuals where he's all like wrapped up like a mummy or something for a little bit. <laughs> he comes up, he's a different dude. He starts calling her his empress. It's kind of creepy. And things happen really quick here. He goes straight to the command center like two seconds after this. Fucks up Alpha. Tears a. Well, Jordan, what does he do in the command center?
3: <laughs> he gives Alpha Alpha a or sorry alpha a uh, a computer virus with a cd rom just inserted into his back which is great <laughs> and then i it he puts also started
2: AOL free yeah. disk
3: <laughs> it's not actually a virus it's just installing the entire episode <laughs> yeah.
1: i only have 30 minutes of AOL hurry rangers
0: <laughs>
3: Um, and then he just starts like tearing apart the like wiring, what under like the um, the switchboards, I guess you would call it. Josh, I I thought you might be interested here because I think I catch a, a Jesus reference with Zordon. He says like, "Stop! You don't know what you are doing." Um, to try to get <laughs> to try to get Tommy to stop before he like sends him into. I think, another dimension. Father, forgive
1: um, him. He knows not ex- what he does. Exactly. exactly.
3: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which I think would make Zordon the Christ-like character. I, I don't know.
1: You just want to be the Christ-like character. But That's Tom- not what I said. <laughs> Tommy just goes to town tearing all these cords. It's really sad. Zordon fades away. Um, and in the midst of all this, the Power Rangers have like got goaded into this battle with Goldar. Like a typical episode Goldar is like turned big And he's like Threatening to mess up a town And the rangers are fighting him But when all the power goes out Am I correct here Corey They kind of get like Demorphed
2: Or something They get launched the fuck out Of (laughs) the megazord (laughs) Like they just get ejector seated Out of that bitch Like It's so funny When you lose power The ejector seat just fires It's like Ding and you get to see like that the classic angle of them like falling down. Who's
0: that? My turn Time to meet the green Ranger. Long with Empress Rita.
2: But you know what? Yeah, things aren't going good for them. And this, to me, like when I was a kid, this was like the most epic stakes anything had ever been. Like, I was more invested in this show than any other show that I have ever watched at the time. And the fact that it was a five-parter too, like this really was an epic saga of the ages in my seven-year-old brain, dude. So like, just like seeing the command center get all fucked up and like, this like evil ranger that is clearly more powerful than them. And then they get launched out of their Megazord. It's like, oh my God. Like to me, I'm like, you know, this is dire stakes.
1: This is just Tommy getting point one. Okay? Him and Jason are gonna tie it four. Not neither one man is better than any other one man. Hmm. Kylo. Okay. <laughs> you need to get off this Green Ranger's the best ranger bullshit. Hate it. But <laughs> when they fall to the ground when they get launched the f out and fall to the ground the green ranger goes down there too and he beats the crap out of them. he shoots them with some <laughs> green blobs which are going to be a thing he does later too is there anything else though in this episode like the rangers end up back at the command center kind of like recalibrating wondering what they should do and I just remember Tommy evil laughing like a lot, <laughs> and that's kind of he how. It a lot. Yeah, that's yeah. how this episode ends too. I think just evil laughter
2: I mean, it's funny that like he he beats the shit out of him, and then he just like hot them. Like that's just the icing on the cake, man.
1: <laughs> you guys want to get into episode two? Then are we ready? Five okay. episodes. I I think is it bulk and skull. Or Skulk and Bulk... What are their names? Bulk and Skull. Bulk and Skull.
2: Bulk and Skull. And the greatest f- theme song <laughs> ever. There's a 10-hour <laughs> version of the Bulk and Skull theme on YouTube. Every now and then I just like to play it and it makes me laugh. But Meditate. Bulk and Skull Lo-Fi. <laughs> Bulk and Skull Lo-Fi Mix 2022. <laughs>
3: A mix of
1: Balkan Skull 10 hours as if you're listening in the back of your parents' car in the rain with the windshield wipers on. <laughs> Meditation tape. <laughs> anyway, I like to track these episodes and kind of what's going on in them by the Balkan Skull plot points. In the first episode, they confront Tommy and he just like starts doing all these moves in front of them and they back the hell up. And then in episode two, we kind of start things off because after this whole battle in episode one, Tommy gets more back down. He's a regular student again, and he's going to go about his evil day. But Balk and Skull come
3: across him first in the alley. Well, I find it interesting that they're so brave after he scares them off with like some like air fighting in the first episode, but in this one they like approach him in that uh, in that alleyway, and um, they notice that his eyes are glinting when they. Uh, When they try to threaten him again And so they decide to run away And he He somehow uses the power coins And like shoots green lasers At their feet Which uh, (laughs) Propels them into a big dumpster Full of spaghetti Apparently (laughs) 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 They're by an Italian restaurant It must be (laughs) Yes They pop up And there's just so much spaghetti And trash on them Hey
0: Nobody insults bulk Yeah Nobody! I think you owe me an apology.
3: with that guy I don't know
0: but he should have his eyes checked
1: but I think you hit on the the music thing and that's my favorite thing about them and one of my favorite parts about this show too is that different characters different mood beats and even bit characters like this almost everything has its own music note I like it when Bulk and Skull come in and they got the clown music going I like it. I like it when there's like the sad Power Ranger melody. It's like dun 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 dun. <laughs> yeah. But then there's also like the happy like end episode, same dun, 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 melody. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. 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 Just everything's very versatile, and I love it.
2: I just want to say that Bulk has the stupidest leather motorcycle cap <laughs> that he wears around. Just. He wears it around school. He wears it outside of school. There's no good reason for this cap. It's like pointy on the top, and it has like a strap underneath his chin. <laughs> and Skull wears a red beret with a question mark on it. Yeah, is he a Nazi? Just, I don't know what he's doing, man. I don't I know. Thought it,
3: I thought it looked like a, like a knockoff of like Mario, like without the M, just a question mark at the front. Okay. Was he like an early version of Wario? Maybe
2: yeah. <laughs> prototype. He he's at least Waluigi.
1: I think there's a swastika underneath the the question mark. No, come on, dude. He's a piece of shit. Those guys are assholes.
2: The, you know what? They're douchebags for sure. But you know what? They're kind of like losers. Like they're 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 not so much bullies as they are just like losers. You know. Yeah. Like, they can't really bully anyone because they're not physically capable. But eventually, Bulk and Skull are in this show for, like, six seasons. I eventually, know. they
1: do become heroic. They get sympathetic later on, but he, in episode three, we'll get there. But they actually um, propose prostitution as a method of payment to Pink Ranger. And that's not a good character trait, <laughs> Kylo. They're not that great. <laughs> <laughs> anyway I'll stop defending them going back to the command center jordan your true favorite power ranger billy is fixing stuff up in the command center he gets alpha fi- alpha five back online um what do you th- we don't have to go into this like every time they do this in the next like four episodes or whatever but what do you think about these beats when they're kind of going back to the command center, fixing something. Zordon starts to come back, flakes out again, Alpha 5 on and off, Billy fixing stuff. Like, do you like it? Do you hate it?
3: Uh, I mean, it's, 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 I don't really like it. It's just a, like, plot propulsion, I guess. Like, they just keep saying, like, oh, I think we can do it. We just need more time. And then Alpha, like. <laughs> the the one thing we don't have is time. It's a uh, very like <laughs> aye,
2: aye, aye.
3: Yes, very base level. Yeah, he kept saying i i and they're like, "Hey, Billy needs to focus, shut the fuck up." <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, I mean Billy's uh I, I would say like the nerdier one of the group and so he's he's doing his part to try to fix the the cables and and cords and switchboards and whatnot. He's often in the uh
1: command center like hmm maybe if I Power this electrode into this positive proton beam, like Tinkering, talking a bunch of nonsense
2: yeah. <laughs> and stuff.
1: <laughs> is he basically like the Donatello of the group?
2: Yes, he is the Donatello of the group. But Billy's like a super fucking genius. I guess Donatello was too, you know? But I mean, he made a flying car. He made a fucking <laughs> flying car.
3: I did not remember that being the rad a part. Bug? Of- yeah, what? Sorry, that just came out of nowhere for me. I was like, what is this crazy chrome car that they have that flies around? The
2: rad bug was, uh, it was just introduced, I think, in the episode before this series, or maybe a couple before. It was this very recent innovation of Billy's, and it's not something that stuck around, and it's really fucking stupid. It's a flying Volkswagen Beetle. It's so been-
3: wild that they use the same exact like flight path for this and for the flying car in Harry Potter, like the same graphics <laughs> of them, like just shaking and like, oh, we're going down. <laughs> <laughs> they fly it kind of the same way, too. Yeah, but- it goes off screen in the same exact angle. Like, it looks like they use the same green screen sequence. I wanted to pause, though, and give Billy his
1: own special shout out, because I know he was apparently like bullied off the show for his like sexual orientation. And that's sad. But I think it's awesome. Him and Donatello, they both do machine, and you got to appreciate that. Tommy, he's regular teenager Tommy again, but he's evil teenager. And when Jason (laughs) Lees expects it, he shoots him with a green beam. And instead of making this little sparkle smoke implosion in front of him and making him fly back, this time, the green blob sends him to space prison. Very rarely, I feel like, do they send the actual teenagers separately anywhere or to like a space place. Am I correct in that? This is a very weird stuff, I feel like, with Jason in prison.
2: Yeah, it's, it's definitely unique. And you remember I talked about the stakes that I perceived from this show when I was a kid. This was part of that because Jason was clearly like the strongest one. He was designated the leader very early on by Zordon. He knows the best martial arts. He's the strongest. And now he's in prison, basically in another dimension, I think is how they describe it. And he doesn't have his morpher. And Goldar is just like beating the shit out of him. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's a pretty scary situation for a kid watching this, you know, who's very invested in the outcome of this show. And uh, I, I, I think it adds a lot of stakes. Well, you know, watching it now, it's... There's weird pacing to this five-part series, for sure. You can tell that's because they're working within the limitations of like converting the action scenes from the Japanese show to the American show. And they're really just trying to make a coherent story. And they're mostly successful in that, but there's just weird stuff that pops up now and then. They needed a reason for the Red Ranger to not be there. In a lot of the scenes.
1: If I could choose any of the scenes or settings to be like directed by a guest director, it would be Tarantino doing this Jason alone in prison with Goldar. (laughs) Uh, Like that could... Cuts his ear off. Dude, that could get fucked up quick in there. And they kind of hint at it, don't you guys think?
2: I mean, he like gets like thrown around. He gets like beat up. And I think... The idea is like it's like some light form of torture, but you know, they're not going to show him explicitly being like tied up or like, you know, beat to death or anything. But it, it's about as close as we'll get for a kids show.
1: Goldar says, I'm going yeah. to kill you, but I'm going to <laughs> fuck you up
2: first.
3: <laughs> <laughs> At one point, he has him like chokehold it up against the wall and like, you know, I can end it whenever I want.
2: <laughs> Jason, come in. Do you read me, Jason? Man, these things still aren't working.
0: Where can you be? I want my power more for now. Now you're demanding. Soon you will be begging. If you were worthy, you would take it! <laughs> Don't
2: tell me on yet, Goldar! <laughs>
0: Understand one thing, you pathetic little human? I could finish you off anytime I choose! (laughs) But Rita has given you to me as a reward for my faithful service to her! (laughs) Like tossing some meat to a hungry lion! (laughs) Now remember, Alpha. Try to contact Jason and have him meet us at the bluff. You got it, Rangers.
2: Right then. It's morphin time.
3: I'm moving a little along here, but the part where he just hides in like the ground fog is pretty scary as well. I can imagine as a kid, like he's just so close to little stabs. Um ugh, terrifying. So Jason is in prison and it
1: is scary, and the other rangers have to kind of fend off the green ranger in his newly found dark sword by themselves, there's a a little bit of an insight into the power dynamics even more so than like the whole green versus red ranger thing, which we're going to keep arguing about, but Kylo, do you like it when the red ranger is away, the black ranger leads the squad? Is that how you see it?
2: It is how I see it, you know, like uh, the the pecking order of things, I think, like he's like the next best martial artist. Therefore, it kind of makes sense. You know, he does the uh, the hip hop aikido, of course. Do you guys remember that aspect of him? <laughs> yes. He does like the oh, dance yeah. fighting, mm-hmm. which is pretty fucking. <laughs> the <sweet>.
3: breakdance fighting.
2: <laughs> you know that guy? I forget his last name. His name's Walter something. He's a uh, he actually is like a, a dancer here in L.A. He does salsa dancing. And my wife does salsa dancing, and she has danced with him uh, as recently as this year. So uh, he's kind of in the same circles as my wife in the salsa dance community. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, but unfortunately, they never broke out the hip hop Aikido. Yo,
1: yo, man, should you be concerned? Zach's a pretty cool guy.
2: I should be very concerned. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I do, I do have a little bit of a bone to pick. It's not exactly with, uh, with that sequence, but how does, how does Tommy know the identities of all the other Rangers? Cause Jason doesn't indicate anything special. And then he zaps him to the space jail. It, am I missing something there?
2: Like Rita? And Lord Zed and, like, whoever their villains are, they seem to always know their secret identities. Like, that's never kept secret. Mm. Like, in other superhero properties where, like, Lex Luthor doesn't know who Superman is. In Power Rangers, the villains already know because they, like, spy on them constantly. So, I guess Rita just told the Green Ranger, be like, hey, it's these guys.
3: Heads up. Yeah,
2: okay, fair.
1: Do you guys like the dark sword stuff? There's, like, the sword that Rita gives tommy and it's like as long as he has this sword and it happens in this episode like he's under her spell forever as long as he has this sword and also what do the swords and power rangers even do i don't understand what they are they shoot beams (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) they like hit you and shock you they don't cut they're not a lightsaber (laughs) they spark the shit out of you is what happens
2: they always shoot beams Which is funny because, like, they got, like, guns that shoot beams and they also have weapons that shoot beams. And I always wondered as a kid, like, why the distinction? Like, why do they need a gun and, like, a sword that shoots a beam? But I do think it's funny that the Green Ranger takes on the Megazord by himself as a small man, right? Because the Power Rangers without the Red Ranger... (laughs) Somehow form the Megazord, even though the Red Ranger's in space prison. Yes. And the Green Ranger is still a little guy, and he, like, shoots a beam up at the Megazord, and the Megazord just, like, projects it back to him and, like, knocks him on his ass. <laughs> Pretty brave, I think. Is this kind of
1: Jason getting a point back? I mean I know Jason's in prison but this is a squad that he's trained up to this point and in fact no way must I point out the Rangers are using the Tyrannosaurus model with the Megas it's not like a Megasword without the Tyrannosaurus in there it's in there and I don't understand how but it is
2: yeah I've never understood that either
3: I really thought he should have just hopped up to the, to the head and uh, like barged into the cockpit again and fucked him up because that seemed to work way better <laughs> that's it <laughs> <laughs>
2: also seeing that as a kid blew my fucking mind when the green ranger like enters the goddamn megazord and just like beats the shit out of all of them and then like tosses them out like he tosses them out that's so fucking cool you know sometimes when i'm watching a show like this even as a kid like i would root for the villain i'm pretty sure as a kid a little bit like the green ranger i was like a little bit on his side because he was so powerful It's kind of like that with Dragon Ball Z. Like, I felt like that with Vegeta, you know? Even though he was a bad guy, I was kind of on his side sometimes.
1: So we move on from episode two to episode three. Jason is still in jail. So this is kind of a multi-episode plot point, Jason being in jail. And again, we'll use Balkan Skull as a little reference point. They even start the episode out by saying to Kimberly at the juice bar that they would love to help find Jason, if only she would, you know, kiss him a little bit?
2: (laughs) Seems fair. Josh, did you ever want to kiss Kimberly? (laughs)
1: Like today? (laughs) Uh, I mean... (laughs) that aside <laughs> Kimberly says yes to the deal only to trick them into kissing each other which they take terribly of course because we all know the cast and crew of Power Rangers were homophobic for some reason and bullied Billy for no reason
2: not cool man
1: it's not cool it's stupid so I'm calling him out for it now again for the second time this pod So yeah, I like to use Balkan Skull as like a little reference point because Jay the big part of this episode, I think, is that Jason's still in there. He's trying to get out of this like space jail. Goldar keeps like pulling his morpher away from him cruelly. And then eventually, Rita decides she doesn't actually want Goldar to finish off Red Ranger, right?
3: Yeah, this is an interesting one. He like at the very last moment when Goldar is about to I think he's going to slit Jason's throat. The Green Ranger appears like, no, no, no. Rita wants me to finish him off and sends Goldar away. So Jason has new life and uh, a little bit of new motivation because he knows that the Green Ranger has been fucking up his friends. <laughs> Jason is able to kind of rouse himself and and fight again. I don't know. This part got... <laughs> again, like Corey said, they're obviously trying to like match up some of the costumed fighting stuff and uh, give us excuses for the very particular action sequences taking place back on earth
1: the show it is so convoluted here i think what happens is like alpha five and billy are working tirelessly at the command center to try to like beam jason back i don't know he's on the ground crawling around for a long time i think he finally finds his like coin and like right when green ranger is actually like about to stab him through the heart he gets like beamed back and I, and I feel like Rita and Goldar and everyone are, like, really
3: harsh to Tommy about this. Don't you guys think? I mean, like... Doesn't she kind of, like, relegate him to the the fighting pen for a while? He's, like, benched for a little bit. Yeah. And, the, and this is when they have to bring the whole Scorpina thing in.
1: And so, <laughs> yeah. Kylo, Scorpina enters here. She literally is just, like, a character that kind of fights as a Zord for a while. Why is Tommy... Just practicing in the jail for two full episodes after this happens.
2: <laughs> Doing his Jean-Claude Van Damme like spinning kick over and over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he he's got that kick down though. You know, it's it's so funny. It's like Scorpina is this, I guess, another big bad that's introduced for the purpose of stakes. They don't do much with her in this arc. And then the show at large doesn't do much with her. She just kind of, like, disappears, like, eventually down the road. So, like, Scorpina never really gets her full due. Here, You know, we just have a case of them, like, using Japanese footage that includes her. So they had to, like, necessitate her into the plot. It's kind of funny. Uh, I don't know, though. Scorpina can get it if you ask me, though.
1: There's not much to go into with Scorpina. But what we should take a little time out here to get into is Goldar. He doesn't get nearly enough credit in my memory. I hardly remember, like Rita obviously stands out, but it's like Goldar is doing a lot of the hard work. He's getting turned huge, destroying cities. He's torturing people in the space jail. He's like urging Tommy on a bunch of times to like get better. What is Goldar's relationship with Rita? Do you know anything about his species or like home planet? Just anything Goldar related. I'd love for you guys to spill it out at this time.
2: I don't know. Like, I I don't know exactly, but he's kind of always reminded me of like a flying monkey from Wizard of Oz, you know? (laughs) And there's like a lot of little Wizard of Oz like touches in early Power Rangers, like with Zordon with like the floating head, right? And then you got Goldar who kind of looks like the flying monkey and he's like the main henchman to like the Wicked Witch, which is like Rita. So, I don't know, there's some direct or indirect connections to Wizard of Oz there. I don't know exactly what he is, but he's, like, Rita's main henchman. But he doesn't really engage the Power Rangers that much because I think in the very first episode, he's who they fight and they just obliterate him. So, like, he's not strong enough is really, like, what the idea is. But Unmorphed, you know against Jason for example he's he's a force to be reckoned with but as a team they can just clean him up he's like who's that guy in like punch out the
1: video game where you beat <laughs> and then they go last like, joe and then no and then they come back and you have to play him again and they're better later uh doesn't bald bull come back
2: yeah yeah
1: (laughs) that's what goldar is like to me like they mess him up early and then he like comes back and he's like been watching him he's been working on new moves (laughs) scouting jordan do you like goldar just get a last word in on goldar because he's pretty cool character and he comes up a
3: lot in these episodes yeah i i mean he's kind of spooky for again like a, a kid's show like i don't know the talking without any uh, facial movement is a little weird but also he I, I don't know like what kind of creature he would be but like he's got some pretty sick armor he's got a nice sword he like i said before he was gonna slit jason's throat until the green ranger told him not to so um i, I pretty intense here he comes from the land
1: of oz he's a flying monkey he's the <laughs> king of the flying monkeys it's already been put forth <laughs> Wikipedia but, says a manticore, which I don't really okay. know what that is. But. I <laughs> well, I, I somewhat bring all this up with Goldar because the third episode ends with him just going ham on Angel Grove <laughs> as a giant Goldar. Rita's throwing her like little thing to the ground and made him grow, and he's just going crazy. So we get into our fourth episode of the series, Green with evil. We got to start here with with Balkan Skull. They hijack a bus.
2: (laughs) I forgot about the bus.
1: (laughs) Dude, the bus prop is so funny. They have one scene and like one get each episode, and it's classic. But yeah, the bus. Sorry.
2: The bus prop is so funny because like they're in this bus, and then like giant Goldar picks it up at some point to like threaten civilians to kind of like you know uh, scare off the Power Rangers or to kind of like get the upper hand against the Power Rangers like oh they have civilians but like he's holding a toy car like (laughs) so it's like this you know this low angled guy in a rubber suit that's Goldar destroying buildings but then he's like holding this little toy car and then it shows like Bulk and Skull inside of it And then it like starts to go off a cliff and it's like this little toy car going off a cliff. It's really fucking funny, dude. It's great.
1: You just described about 99% of episode four of the series. I'm not (laughs) sure
3: uh, where to go to from that. I didn't get why. So he's got that bus. What? Like a hundred yards up in the air, let's say. And then he decides to, like, he says, like, oh, go visit the beach. And he just places it, like, perfectly on the edge of a cliff. And so his henchmen can, like, try to pry it off the cliff to, (laughs) like, tease the rangers. uh,
2: One of many many classic transitions that make no (laughs) sense. Well, it's funny, because, like, at the beginning of this episode, they're like, ah, shit, we can't morph. The morphing grid is down. And then, like. 60 seconds later, Billy's like, all right, I fixed it. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, okay, cool. (laughs) That's
1: literally like all that happens in this episode.
2: Yeah, there's like a lot of like Bulk and Skull in in the van or the truck. And then like the mini prop. And then they're on the beach and they're like pointing up. It's funny, though, that like we get to see the Power Rangers against like a giant foe in this episode without them being in their zords. We talked about how like Power Rangers can get pretty formulaic, and that's one of the things that I didn't like as a kid, because it seemed like every time there was an enemy, they would fight on the ground, they would go into the Megazord, the villain would get the upper hand, then they would bring out the Power, power Sword, sword. Mm-hmm. and then they would do one slash, and he would be done, right? That was like seriously like 70% of the episodes. At least. But this was different, and that's what really made this cool. Especially when you have giant Goldar who's like stabbing at the ground, and they're like, <laughs> they're like ducking and they're dodging and they're doing their little somersaults. I, I think that is a is something unique that you don't see in a lot of Power Rangers, and it's pretty cool.
1: In hindsight, really, this episode is about Bulk and Skull being held hostage while the Power Rangers are like trying to save them. But this is how much this eighteen minute episode of Power Rangers tries to squeeze in. Okay. Ugh, this is going to be tough. But while Bulk and Skull are like on the edge of this cliff, at the same time the Green Ranger like sneaks back in to Alpha 5 in the command center and he gets like <laughs> trapped in there. So there's a bunch of like shit talk between like him and Zordon, Alpha 5 and stuff. And like earlier there's another scene with Billy like fixing stuff in the command center. And then there's this other plot line where Scorpina. <laughs> okay. Scorpina and Z- Goldar are both made huge by Rita. Then the Green Ranger, like I said earlier in this pod, just as a human man, is made gigantic. He's not a Zord or anything, just a big man in a suit. All three of them are against the Megazord. And then Rita, not to be outdone after doing all of that. Also creates a solar eclipse to lessen the power of the
2: mega sword. Which apparently is solar powered, which I don't know if that was a recurring thing in the series or not, but you know, I think either way, the the stakes being like as such where the Power Rangers like are clearly outnumbered with the villains, like they can't just like, get the power sword and just one shot the fucking bad guy because there's three of them. They're losing power, and the fact that like it's the giant Green Ranger, I think, is pretty fucking cool. Like no Dragon Zord yet. We got the giant guy, and then there's two other foes that they're fighting. I don't know. I I really like this like last battle in the show because they just get their shit handed to them, man.
1: Goldar and Green Ranger cross swords. Which we don't need to bring up what that means in the Midwest for young men. But they cross swords and send this giant beam towards the Megazord. It again ejects all of the Power Rangers out of the Megazord, each Zord individually, like sinking into this lava pit.
2: Oh yeah. Do you know what I'm it's talking sad. about?
3: It's so sad. Yeah, it's
2: like the tragedy of the Power Rangers, right? <laughs>
3: that t-rex like his head is just above the flames like ah, it's <laughs> fucking terrible so sad <laughs>
1: but i think we should take this moment between episodes four and five to ask the question what happens if rita does take over the earth she's got goldar messing up stuff scorpina is doing her thing. The Green Ranger is on the loose. Like, what's Rita gonna do once she gets control, guys? Is she just—is this a communist re- regime or what?
2: I think the putties take all our jobs. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh <my God. laughs>
3: <laughs> At one point, they reference like she'll take over Earth and then the galaxy or something or the universe. Maybe like she's just spreading her evil. What are her politics, though, Jordan? We need to get George Lucas on this. Like, no, what, seriously. What, what's how her? How is she? Like, what's her tax policy? Is that what you're asking me, Jordan? You've lived Power Rangers live
1: <laughs> starting when you were three freaking years old. Rita gets control of the Earth. What's her first order of business?
2: Well, she's clearly a Republican, right? Am I right? <laughs>
1: we're not a political pod. <laughs> What does she do, Jordan? what is, What's her
3: first thing? What's what she do? I don't know. I mean, I assume she sets up a bunch of fighting pits or something like that. She seems to really like putting people in these uh, <laughs> test duels of strength. I guess she's gonna fu- create like
1: a teenager fighting <laughs> organization, <laughs> just to like a
3: TV channel or something. It seems like that's her favorite <laughs> pastime: is to watch from the moon as teenagers do karate.
2: <laughs> yeah you know what this don't sound so bad
3: yeah I mean what's what's the wrong with a Rita controlled truly I I mean I guess it might also be to replace all cars with like evil flying unicycles might also be another route she would go down
2: she does have a flying unicycle right
3: <laughs> I that was one of the things that I caught on in e- episode three or four is that she's just like cruising on her little unicycle it's great <laughs>
1: That's the unicycle. That's the very unicycle she uses to actually create this solar eclipse. (laughs) I don't know if you guys caught that. But episode five, two people that would fit really well in Rita's new world would be and Skull. (laughs) And they're basically, after getting their asses handed to them on that bus, are sitting there at the juice bar talking about how they should be on TV. They're the ones that stopped Goldar. Basically, Corey... After Kimberly talks to Balkan Skull, she moves on to Tommy, who's over there just pumping weights, high as hell on creatine, and and they're not pulling any, like, they're not joking around at this point. All the cards are on the table, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, they the big reveal at the last episode was they find out who the Green Ranger is, who is this mystery guy. And they find out it's the one guy that has been wearing all green all the time.
1: (laughs) Crazy, right?
2: I'll say this. It's funny (laughs) seeing Jason David Frank as the evil green ranger. Like his crazy eyes and his his, like intense face is like, imagine if he was like that all the time. Like he's such a fucking dick, you know?
3: (laughs) A lot of face close ups to like show his eyes and mouth here.
2: And then when you see him in later episodes, like he's such like a smiley, like nice character. So it's kind of an interesting contrast for me to come back and watch it like this, because I remember him being the other way. And like I said, like he was like a true hero to me. And I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent here, Josh. Do it. One of the things that you don't see when you go back and watch these Power Rangers episodes on Netflix is the Power Rangers PSAs. In between the episodes, like before and after, or commercial breaks, they would have shot PSAs featuring the cast of Power Rangers, f- specifically for the audience, like you know the uh, the value of teamwork or the value of friendship or bullying. And now a
0: message from the Power Rangers.
2: Oh. When I was very little, the, like those actually taught me some valuable life lessons like you know i watched a lot of tv and i looked up to these people they were kind of like heroes to me and uh jason david frank actually did kind of like help shape me to be a better person when i was a young lad
1: i feel like jordan and i didn't need to be told explicitly like don't be a bully and a huge asshole
2: hey my parents were drug addicts whoa <laughs> dude.
3: Did it include the value of like spin kicks constantly?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sit ya. How to say sit ya, yeah, The greatest value of them all. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> what is like one of the things you remember most about those PSAs? I remember them um, very vaguely, but like them buying someone that's down and out milkshake or something because they didn't have enough change or something. It was a little setup scene, right? It wasn't just, like, them talking to the camera, right?
2: Yeah, and sometimes they would talk to the camera after. But, you know, like, some kid would show up and he'd, like, start being a dick and they'd, like, teach him a lesson, like, about, you know, why you should be nice to someone that's being that way because they might be going through something underneath it instead of, like, being that way back to them. You know, just very basic, like you know, don't be mean or, you know, don't pick on people or, you know, you never know someone's struggle kind of life lessons. Pretty basic stuff.
3: When you say teach him a lesson, do you mean like whip his ass? Spank or him. M- Spank
2: him.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Morph into Power camp. Ranger and whip that ass. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Is bugging you, Curtis? Yeah, you! Joe Curtis. Why doesn't Jason just take him out? Uh, what's the matter? A master of martial arts knows to meet an opponent with discipline and self-control. Uh, uh, this guy doesn't want self-control. Chill, man. Get you! He wants a fight. Uh, uh, in the martial arts, you meet any conflict with the least amount of force.
2: You okay, man? No, man, I'm not. Come on. Let's talk about it.
0: You've just witnessed the highest form of martial arts, making a friend of an enemy.
1: Oh, man. I I think the biggest thing that happens here in episode five, besides, of course, concluding this epic five-part series, is the fact we are introduced to the dragon zord and more importantly, that's mm, good the dragon swords accompanying flute. <laughs> we mentioned the music earlier in this episode, but this is just Jordan, I will never forget those simple notes.
2: <laughs> do do, do. <laughs> 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 Trumpet fanfare, it says in the song. Yes, it does. I need Dragon Sword Power.
3: <laughs> it's so good I mean Cory Cory mentioned all the things that swords do in 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 power Rangers and he did not mention the trumpet fanfare that swords can also do apparently <laughs>
2: <laughs> they can shoot beams and they can create trumpet fanfare
1: <laughs> can you guys answer this question what is the functionality of the trumpet fanfare from the Dragon sword flute when it's blown.
2: Go ahead, Jordan.
3: Uh, I think it is some kind of uh radio frequency that allows him to control dragon Zord? question <laughs> mark.
2: I think that's right. You can, you can pick off like the smokestack of an industrial building and eat it like a candy cane. <laughs> 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 you know, the dragon Zord is, is cool because it it's different than the other zords. It doesn't have a cockpit. So, like, you have to control it remotely with the uh, Green Ranger dagger, which also doubles as what they call a flute. But it doesn't sound like a flute. It sounds like a trumpet. But if you want (laughs) to be, like, close to the Dragonzord while you're controlling it, you got to just stand on its fucking head. So you got to, like, keep your balance and stand on its head and control it from there. Otherwise, you can control it remotely.
1: And they do show a shot of the Green Ranger, like a live costume Actor on set, on quote a head, and then there's another shot of a toy on the head of the sword,
2: and it looks amazing. I love this shot of the toy, dude. It's so good. <laughs> so
1: do I.
2: It's just like glued there. It's clearly like a Green Ranger figure that they got from Japan. You know, like, I mean, I guess this was shot in Japan. So, of course, yo,
1: this was before they had it at Meyer and me and mom could go pick it up for Jordan. Like, this is one of the first models of the Green Ranger, and it's amazing on top of the head.
3: I think this just this displays how quickly Green Ranger learns, because if you're not in the cockpit, you can't just have your enemy bust into the cockpit and throw you out.
2: Right. (laughs) (laughs) But you got to have like real good balance up there. Otherwise you're gonna slip off. The Dragon Zord is epic, dude. It's one of my favorite Power Rangers toys. I'm a big toy collector, especially of like 90s vintage toys. And the Dragonzord is one that I, I really, really want. You know, I never got the Zords when I was a kid because they were so expensive. Occasionally I would get some Power Rangers toys, but the Zords were very costly. And the Dragon Zord is one that I always wanted and I never got. But I just love the way it looks. And I love how it's just basically like a mecha Godzilla knockoff, you know? And it can shoot like <laughs> missiles out of its fingers and it's got the drill tail. Yes. It's so fucking cool. The man. drill
3: is it like a an established trope that any like dinosaur or lizard enemy you can conquer by like spinning it with its tail? Just spinning it around and tossing it around. Hey. (laughs) That that shot that they have in this has
1: gotta be an homage to Godzilla vs. King Kong. It's yes. Phenomenal. And I've also gotta say, like, the Green Ranger Dragon Zord, frankly, in my mind, is just flat out more memorable than the Megazord. And the fact it comes with its own tune. It's like unbeatable. And I think even further to the point, one of the things that really frustrates me about Power Rangers is that more often than not, they don't even mess around with the individual zords. They go straight to this megazord thing. Yeah. And so... Yes. The dragonzord being its own zord is really like cathartic, I feel like. And furthermore, in this final episode, we actually get this really cool battle between the dragazord and... I don't even know what it's called, but it's Jason's solo Tyrannosaurus zord?
2: Yeah, I would get so excited when they would use the individual zords yes. it was so extremely rare yes. that I would be so happy when it happened because they had special abilities too that like they don't really use. Like the mastodon can like shoot like a freeze ray out of its snout. And the uh they the T-Rex Zord can, like, shoot fire or make, like, earthquakes or some shit, which I don't think they show in this, but... The Pterodactyl, you're telling me the Megazord
1: is better off with, like, an extra chest plate instead of having a flying extra Zord around? It's absurd. Totally agree. Yes.
2: <laughs> yeah. Come on. They always go to Megazord a little bit too quick, but that's what's cool about, like, this particular arc, right, in Power Rangers is, like, they change things up. They even have, like, a tank mode before they go into full Megazord, if you recall, where, like, they form up into this, like, tank that they can roll up and they can, like, fire. Oh, yeah. Right when they initiate the Megazord sequence, you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: There's this Megazord versus Dragonzord fight, but then when that goes to a stalemate, I think these are, like, the two most interesting, like, fight scenes. You get this, like... Tyrannosaurus Zord, then Megazord versus Dragon and then they go down to the ground, and here we here we are again, boys. It's Jason versus Tommy.
2: Well, I like that the Green Ranger has both of his weapons. And I think this is like the last time we ever see that, if I remember correctly. He's got the classic Green Ranger dagger, but he also has like what do they call it? Like the Sword of Darkness. Dark Sword. Right? Got the dark well, saber. the
1: darks, the darks, the dark saber, the dark sword has to get destroyed for his, uh, the illusion that Rita's put over him to be broken.
2: Yeah, he's under a spell, right? So he's not himself. He can't control himself. He's just basically turned evil. He's hypnotized, and that's through the power of the dark sword. So you know, Jason and Tommy, they have their one-on-one Green Ranger versus Red Ranger. <laughs>
0: And now, Red Ranger, it is time for me to destroy you. I must be victorious for my queen! I think he's finally going to do it.
2: And it's going, you know, it's pretty evenly matched, just like it was in that tournament. But eventually, Jason does get to destroy the sword, and he just kind of, like, blasts it with his gun. And it disintegrates.
1: That's the first time those guns do anything
3: useful ever. (laughs) Why don't they use those guns? They're so cool. The gun cannot hurt a human, but it can destroy a 10,000-year-old sword of darkness.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's another thing I used to think when I was a kid. Like They don't use their weapons enough, but... There's, like, some rule with the Power Rangers, and Zordon kind of covers it later. Like, they can't escalate a fight or something. So, like, (laughs) I think the idea is, like, they can't just morph unless they need to. They can't go into the Zords unless they need to. They can't pull out the fucking Gat unless they need to. It's all over, Tommy. Let's morph. Right. You destroyed the Power Sword.
1: He does destroy the Dark Saber with his Gat, as he put it. <laughs> um, the Chapa. So, like, the spell that's on the Green Ranger is broken, and he still has the Power Coin with him. And so, I guess they kind of all just vote to have a six-member of their team. And this is kind of like a five part episode of how if a new person comes to your school, it's a pretty good idea to like invite them into your group and hang out with them and be cool with them and treat them as a friend. But who's the leader? Who tells them it's morphin' time?
2: Well, how I- how will they possibly know if it's morphin' time? Officially Jason's still the leader at this point, but there I think there is an episode where leadership is turned over to Tommy. And I don't remember what the circumstances are, but it is specifically delegated at some point down the road. I mean, how can he not be? He's the only one with like the with the gold shield thing, you know? Like that one's got to be the leader, right? <laughs> that, the gold shield thing over his shoulders makes him the <laughs> <laughs> If you're looking at that group, one of them has the gold shield thing. That one has to be the leader.
1: Is he the leader as the green or white ranger because that's something we haven't talked about in this pod like he later becomes another color of ranger
2: yeah and that's really like i think the distinction of uh, power rangers fans like the older fans like me always refer to tommy as the green ranger and then i think the younger fans will refer to him as the white ranger i mean he was definitely officially the leader as the white ranger but by then uh, the red ranger was replaced actually like half the team was replaced so Jason wasn't around anymore. It was Rocky the Red Ranger. Rocky.
1: Did they just recast people and keep the plot moving or was that like part of the plot that the people were replaced?
2: It was part of the plot. Like Jason. That's cool. Trini and Zach joined like some peace conference and they had to like travel abroad to like go work on world peace or something. So then three new members replaced them as Power Rangers. Which, by the way, the Yellow Ranger was no longer Asian, and the Black Ranger was no longer black at that point. Huh.
3: Is is this canon, or is this uh, Power Rangers in space, extended universe?
2: (laughs) I think this occurs in uh, mid-season two of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Uh. which is... A little bit before the movie came out in 1995. Fair. Okay. So, you know, Jason isn't in the movie, for example, because he was already replaced.
1: L- living in 2022, it's hard to imagine a world not too long ago where there'd be a show about five teens and there's diversity among them. And the black guy, they would call a black ranger. And the single Asian lady, they would call a yellow ranger. That's just
3: it is a little tr- troubling. It's troubling, sir.
2: <laughs> well, I'll say this, in Japan, the Yellow Ranger was also Asian. What? Get it? Cuz they were all Asian. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just gotta throw a shout out to the single episode after these five episodes. It's called The Trouble with Shell Shock," and there's some extended Power Rangers basketball scenes. And if you've listened to any spoilers, we love when random shows include shitty basketball scenes as part of the plot. Yeah! Alright! And that's <laughs> uh, uh
2: Waiter, uh, he'll take the check. <laughs> Care to double your odds? <laughs> Billy, I couldn't even punish a guy as nice as you. I, I just couldn't. Loser buys lunch for two. Sure. Absolutely. Be
0: positive. Yep. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Billy. <laughs> oh, no. Time for my vernacular, spectacular, voracious, bodacious, autophonic, morphanomic jam.
1: So you might want to check that out. But those are the five episodes of the Green Ranger saga. Green with evil parts one through five. I think we did a pretty good job of covering them. The Green Ranger joining the group, the command center is like put back together, right? Pretty much everything is the same after these five episodes, except now they have the Green Ranger on their side. They're still against Rita. She's still going to send a weekly boss down to give him hell.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but he can only make limited appearances because there's not that much actual footage of the Green Ranger from the Japanese show, Super Sentai. (laughs) So. In the Power Rangers and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, they have to find ways to like explain that his power is limited, so oftentimes he can't morph, even though the actor is is a presence in the show. So uh, you know, eventually that's why they did the changeover to the White Ranger. And apparently, in the Japanese show, the Green Ranger actually dies, so there's like what? very limited footage of him. I don't want to say very limited, but not enough for their 50 some odd episodes, you know? What
1: is the Japanese show? Is it about teenagers?
2: Yeah. I mean, I I don't really know. I never watched it, but I would imagine it has to be somewhat similar.
3: I, I do have one other little bone to pick. Is it weird that I think it's at the beginning of episode five. It seems like Rita and her henchmen are sharing cocktails in celebration seemed out of place in a kid's show.
2: Oh, yeah, that's right. And Scorpino was in there getting a yeah. drink on. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> it's very strange that she's like pouring a martini in like an actual martini glass.
2: Yeah, it's okay if it's the bad guys that are drinking, <laughs> you know? To the destruction of Megazord! And total
0: domination of Earth! Ah. bury and Oyster Juice! And
2: now is Yep, after today.
1: It's okay if it's the bad guys who are torturing, trying to kill people, drinking booze. just seemed very strange. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. That is enough of the plot of all this stuff. Let's give a yes or no to Green with Evil, parts one through five. Kylo, yes or no, sir?
2: Well, before I give my yes or no, the command center the Power Rangers headquarters. You guys know the building. You know the look. You can picture it in your head, right? Mm. Guess where that building is. Simi Valley. (gasps) It's in Simi Valley. Get (gasps) out of here. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Yes. It's at the uh, American Jewish University. It's actually like a Jewish temple. And uh, my Jewish wife used to work at that American Jewish University. And she has seen it. She's been there. I've, Seen it. I've been kind of close to it, but I've never been able to actually approach it. It's not really the kind of place that the common public has access to, but there was one occasion when I got to go nearby, (laughs) and uh, it was epic to see that as close as I got to. Just like looking at that building, it just like it floods you with nostalgia. It's amazing. Um, So, anyway, does it actually
3: have that same surrounding, or have they like placed that in? A yeah, they like
2: superimposed it in Power Rangers. Yeah, <laughs> they like superimposed it on top of like a, a mountain.
1: I see what you mean. I thought you meant like the inside the black room. Like <laughs> the with Zordon a big, chamber. Like you saw there's the Jewish people believe in
2: Zordon. They have a Zordon. <laughs> yeah, they got one.
1: <laughs> they don't let you, the public go close to it.
2: Yeah, the exterior of the command center. that that makes sense. That weird, like, conal shape. It's an awesome
1: building. It looks like something out of Star Wars. It's legit.
2: Yeah, that building has been used for a lot of things. It's in a few episodes of Star Trek, uh, The Next Generation, and other shows. It's really cool. It's got a very unique look. But anyway, I'm going to give this a hard yes, because even though sometimes it's nonsensical, um, I think that this show... It was just—it's prime time nostalgia, baby. Like this show, <laughs> it, it means—it means so much to me. It really does. I'm very sentimental about nostalgia stuff, and it means so much to a lot of people our age. I think, even though between the three of us, you know, there's a few years difference. Like we're all right in that millennial age zone where Power Rangers had a huge impact, and it was a cultural phenomenon. Power Rangers was fucking everywhere and it was everything, and especially the toys. And you guys know I'm a big toy guy. Like, to me, when I go out to like vintage toy stores and I see these old Megazord toys that are still in the box that are like going for 300 bucks, you know, to me, like, I want it so bad. I still have that same feeling I did when I was a kid. Oh no. And every now and then, I'll put an episode of Power Rangers on like I'll just have it playing while I'm doing stuff around my apartment because this show is even though it's corny, it's so fucking special to me. It's amazing. I love it and the Green Ranger Jason David Frank was my childhood hero. you know he really he was a good dude at least on the screen and uh, he kids like me that didn't have like a lot of like hands-on parenting. Um, you know, like I said, my, you know, my parents were kind of going through their own struggles when I was a kid, just like I had gone through my own struggles when I was a younger, younger guy. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's these TV figures that help parent you. And I think he's one of the reasons that uh, I got some valuable life lessons. Hard yes for me. Green with evil parts one through five special place in my heart for sure.
1: Let's go all the way from Simi Valley, California, where not only does Kylo's wife dance with the Black (laughs) Ranger regularly, she also hangs out in the command center,
3: I guess. Um, (laughs) Jordan, yes or no? I just can't believe how many connections Corey has to OG Power Rangers. This is been a truly fantastic uh, learning experience for me but um <laughs> i'm gonna give a soft no to episode four only and the rest is an (laughs) erect yes trick
1: (laughs) (laughs) is that the episode
3: i kept saying not much happens here (laughs) yeah like scorpina is super underdeveloped i I don't know what's going on there there's just a lot of nothing there that's kind of where i i trailed off started looking at my phone a lot more but the other four episodes one through three and number five are a, a vigo erect yes um lots of feels coming back from uh from being a kid, um, I'm actually kind of inspired to maybe go back and watch the Power Rangers movie or suggest that as a, a future spoilers pick. Punishment but, movie. <laughs> I I don't think it would be a punishment. It's a it's a kick. I was actually just looking up uh, Ivan Ooze photos and uh, conspiracies, apparently. Um, <laughs> Conspiracy. <laughs> apparently, he bears a striking resemblance to um, a recent X-Men character and... Uh, Thanos as well, very purple evil villain guys, uh, but no, it's a it's oh apocalypse, <laughs> yeah, yeah, apocalypse. Um, but yeah, it's it's a hard yes for the most part, except for episode four. Um, very happy to to make a long awaited return to spoilers to to talk about this go with you guys.
2: Ranger, go.
1: Go so glad to have you, Jordan. And for my yes or no, keep in mind as like, you don't want to get caught with Power Rangers on your screen necessarily by like co-workers or significant other <laughs> or friends. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. A Japanese show that they're cobbling together the action scenes with American teenagers to create something worth of value. It's there's a lot of tough stuff in here. But all this little like lore stuff, it's very tantalizing, mm-hmm. but it's like what are these power coins and like what individual weapons do each ranger like utilize and what do the megazords do when they're separate versus together and what will Goldar do today and what's what planet is he from? <laughs> And this <laughs> they had so many episodes of this and they would kind of tease out just little tiny bits of that as he went along. And it was enough then and now to, I think, keep me interested. And I think the nostalgia, like Corey said, just put me over the top. And there's some shit television in here, but I got to give it a, a
0: guess.
1: On spoilers. We always ask what kind of food that is. Three yeses. What kind of juice from the juice bar
3: is three yeses? It's
2: Vulcan Skull's ice cream. <laughs>
3: <laughs> A little melty, but still good. <laughs> ice cream at the juice bar. <laughs> oh, man.
1: Before we sign out and toss it to Spoiler Man, I want to choose one of my friends, Brother Jordan, or... Corey Kylo Ren memes to toss it. What we're going to play is a little game of trivia. Go weestest to Eastest. Kylo, Jason David Frank, his initial contract with Power Rangers. How many episodes was that for?
2: Initial contract, 20 episodes.
3: I'll say 19. I think it's under...
1: According to an article by Polygon this year, just last month, actually, when he signed on, it was just for 14 episodes originally. (sighs) So Jordan does win. But before you toss this out, Jordan, Kylo, you got anything to say at the very end here about just being glad that it went from 14 to like infinity?
2: (laughs) Very happy about that, you know? I, I mean, I love that character. I love that actor. Rest in peace, Jason David Frank. But I want to say one thing: the fucking theme song of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers—it rocks your goddamn socks off.
1: <laughs> Holds up, man. It's,
2: it's the most rocking shit you'll ever hear in your goddamn life. And then the Green Ranger theme song, which wasn't even introduced yet in this five-parter, is also amazing. You guys know what I'm talking about. Go Green Ranger Go. Yes. And then, of course, the classic Bulk Skull shenanigans theme song goes well with uh, anyone that's about to slip and fall on a banana peel. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, Jordan, I think that does it for spoilers. Give us some plugs and toss us away.
3: Josh, I am barely ever on. You're going to have me do the plugs. Um, I hope we can insert someone else doing the plugs here. uh, Unless one of you guys wants to step in. Otherwise, take it away. Spoiler man. No one else is going to step in. It's
1: just going to be you (laughs) saying that and then tossing it. I can't remember all of our tags.
0: If you'd like to request an episode, hear your name read by Spoiler Man, or even just help us make podcasts, please check us out on Patreon.com/slash Spoilers Podcast. Special thank you to our patrons, Druid King. You will go under my spell as I call forth the power of the sixth power coin. Matt Troll Listen, I'm going to catch a shower and uh, I'll meet you guys at the juice bar Brother Brian In karate is the dignity and spirit with which you compete, that's most important Nick Maybe we'll teach you that lesson some other time The Meg Didn't you hear the lady? David It's morphin' time Barky 420 Now you're demanding, soon you will be begging Nurse Stacy
2: Thanks, that was really great
0: The Wolf. Only one who has a power coin may enter this fortress undetected. Davey Kerr. Prepare to receive the sixth power coin and become my Green Ranger. Total movie recall. Would you please take this opportunity to recharge while I place myself into a meditative state? Spencer. (laughs) Time to meet the Green Ranger. You displayed exemplary leadership capabilities in my absence. I am very proud of you. And now I welcome our newest Ranger. Now that you are a true Power Ranger, Tommy, you must follow three basic rules or lose the protection of the power. First, never use your power for personal gain. Second, never escalate a battle unless Rita forces you. And finally, keep your identity secret. No one may know you are a Power Ranger. Count on me, Zordon. One hundred percent. Here. I made you a communicator. Wow, thanks, man. You're one of us now. Welcome aboard. A new chapter has begun, Rangers. Let the power protect you. Power Rangers! That was spoilers.